Hey everybody, welcome to High Cheese. I'm your host, Joe. And your host, Paul. And it's the final episode of the 2018 season. Yeah. It's been a minute. It's been a couple weeks, what, like three, two, three weeks? Uh, longer than that, man. We didn't, we didn't do the whole playoffs. Oh, I thought we did one, like, I guess maybe, did we do it after wildcard? Uh, I don't really remember, but it's been a while. It's been... There's been a lot that has happened since our last podcast. You, we, I don't September thirtieth, so a little bit over a month. I don't think we even wrapped up what happened to you. Yeah, we did. Oh, we did. All right. That was the last episode. Yeah. All right. So, so you lost in the finals, which was. A oh wait, maybe we didn't. Well, yeah, I don't think we did. I think we talked about you were still in the finals. So. No, because this one says end of the regular season. So, maybe we did. We were we recorded it on the last day. Yeah. I don't remember. Well, regardless, you lost in the finals, but you made it to the finals with a pretty Andrew Suarez. Yeah, it's a rough. Andrew fucking Suarez. You had a rough. Yeah. Uh, you had a rough end there. Yeah. Yep. 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 But you got there, which is better. than <sighs> always the runner-up, never the champion. You know. Yeah. I think that's like the fourth time I've lost the fr- the championship game. Is it really? I've been in. I've been in at least three times. Yeah. Yeah, I know you. You've lost. You, I mean, you make the playoffs pretty consistently every year. Yeah. You're you're a perennial contender. But. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's always next year. I guess so. I I feel like I got a little bit fucked. Not like I got fucked, but like my team, uh, like, was healthy most of the season, and then toward the end, it just kind of fell apart with like. Trevor Bauer getting hurt really kind of ruined my season because then I traded for Charlie Morton and I ended up just that shouldn't have been a trade I made. Yeah, that didn't work out <laughs> but, so well. But like I got burned in a way. I traded for him and then he pitched like, let's see, when did I trade for him? On August 21st and he pitched five innings, 4.2 innings. Then he went on the DL and he pitched five innings, six innings, one inning, three inning. So like, they completely changed their, I guess, to, to preserve them for the playoffs. But prior to that, they hadn't said they were going to do that. So yeah, it kind of really, boned me. That, that was a pretty bad deal. Especially because Andahar, I'm sure, after that trade, he kept producing. So I feel like he probably continued to put up better numbers and more reliable numbers. Yeah, and I there's always one trade, you know, man. I had my freaking Lindor one, and now you have your Charlie Morton, which seemed like a really good trade at the time. It made sense. yeah, it seemed like a a great trade. It made <laughs> sense to get a, a pitcher on a contender, but alas, you went down. And uh, I so we can talk World Series too. I feel like our fantasy season was like kind of a microcosm of the real Major League Baseball season. So Sean uh-huh. Lacreto, back to back champion, had the best team all year. And then just had the best team to win it all. Kind of like how the Red Sox pulled it off against the Dodgers, which, I, in my opinion, as a Red Sox fan, probably the least interesting World Series I've seen in recent memory. Yeah, I mean, they had the one long game. But that was so long that like it wasn't even It exciting. wasn't interesting anymore, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was kind of like a foregone conclusion. There was like no drama to it. There was really no tension. It was like just the Red Sox beating the Dodgers. Like yeah. It wasn't. I, I admittedly kind of checked out a little bit after the Yankees lost. It was just like a crushing blow to my, um, my fantasy team, and then you know a rough series for the Yankees. It kind of 
spoil the rest of the playoffs for me. So yeah, and honestly, the Yankees series was kind of also there was like one game that was like really really tense, but then the rest was like blowouts. It was really weird. No, I feel like I feel like the first game was it. The score was high by the Red Sox, but the Yankees had a couple shots at winning throughout yeah. that game. They loaded the bases a couple times, and like they could have won that game. So there is so. some tension to, yeah. But it was just I don't know. I feel like the the playoffs as a whole were kind of a foregone conclusion for once, which felt more like basketball than baseball to me. Like we just had uh, like- yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Red Sox were great, but they weren't that much better than a the Yankees or b the Astros. Yeah, but they beat the Astros really handedly too. Yeah, yeah, but you're saying it was a foregone conclusion. I disagree. I, I think I'm saying it I shouldn't think... have been, but it ended up being as such. Oh, like it ended well, up but... being like, you know, oh, the best team just like beat all the other teams and made their way through it. Yeah, yeah, but that's in hindsight. That's not yeah, like yeah. during the actual. But and there were some some exciting games in the Astros Red Sox series. Yeah, there was uh, the one game where Benintendi made that catch to end it. To end it, yeah, that would have been. Like if that gets down, the Astros come back and win that game probably. But, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it was a, it was a, like I mean I'm happy the Red Sox won. It was less exciting than some previous Red Sox victories. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like it seems like people in general are kind of just less excited about it. Yeah, for whatever reason, well, I don't know pe- why. People love the drama, and there was none. So I guess so. Yeah, um, but like. I don't know. You know everything's going right in your season when fucking Steve Pierce is your best player in the playoffs and you win. I think I said that to you at some point early on. Like, if Steve Pierce is your 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 best performer at the time and you're winning, like, you're probably good to go. Yeah, you got you get a pretty like gold touched uh, season going for you when. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you got it. The trade deadline. Who is the def- definition of a role player wins World Series MVP around all of the names on that roster. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, weirdly enough, I'm looking back, and uh, today was the day in 2009 that the Yankees beat the Phillies. Weird. Yeah, so that's a good Yankee memory. <laughs> well, you can live in that till next season. Yeah. Well, there were two things that came up uh, during the postseason that I think would be interesting to discuss, one of which happened uh, so... For those, I mean, anyone that listens to this podcast probably knows this, but even in the playoffs when you have American League versus a National League team in the World Series, if you're playing in a National League park, you lose the DH. And mm-hmm. there's a pretty big spotlight on it when Andrew Benintendi set out the one game in Dodger Stadium uh, in favor of J.D. Martinez being in the lineup. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's a rule that's been a rule in baseball forever that the National League hasn't had a DH, and the AL got it, what, in the 70s? Uh, might have been a little bit later. Let's see. <clears throat> but yeah, there's, I mean, I feel like there's, between baseball fans, it's kind of always like a perennial debate of like, should both leagues have it? Should one league have it? Yeah. Should no I, leagues have it? I don't necessarily know. 73. That, 73, okay. I don't necessarily know that I'm like an advocate of like all the time. But I feel like in the playoffs, especially because like there's no no one wants to see pitchers hitting, in like, yeah. So and and when you have like the Dodgers and Red Sox both have very high profile players, that are better for the brand of baseball to have like Ben Benintendi being on the bench in the World Series is ridiculous, or JD yeah. Martinez being on the bench in the World Series would be ridiculous. 
No, like, I'm going to be honest. Like, I get the argument against the DH. Ooh, take the, di- but like, take the dissenting opinion. Do it. Well, I get the argument against DH, but, like, also, let's be honest. It's more fun when there is a DH. Yeah, nobody wants to see, like, Bartolo. I don't want to watch fucking, yeah, like, well, he might be the one exception, but I don't. Even the best pitcher, best hitting pitcher in the league, that's what, like, fucking 200? Like, Uh, did Bumgarner hit higher than that the one year? He might have. Dude, I don't. I think it's just every time they get a hit, they make news out of it. So you think that he's constantly hitting. Yeah, that's true. But he's um, he's been a pinch hitter and stuff too, because he actually like is better than some of the Giants hitters, which is pathetic. But yeah, but there's no fucking way. Like, yeah. I just for every Madison Bumgarner, there's a hundred other pitchers in the league who are just not good. And also, not only that, but it's like, yeah, his best season he batted two fifty eight. Yeah, that's nothing. With four home runs. Albeit that's better than Bryce Harper hit this year for batting average. And, but. I mean, granted, it was only 66 at-bats, but, like, uh, uh, yeah, you know? And yeah. he struck out 29 times in 66 at-bats to only two walks. Like, that's not a good hitter. Yeah. And he's he's probably regarded as the best pitching hitter, at least at that time he was. Maybe not so much, so much anymore. Um, it, it's just, it's not, like... You watch an NL game, and you get down to the eighth hitter, and you're like, oh, well, this inning's over because the pitcher's coming up to hit. And if yeah. something happens, you're like, whoa, that was crazy. Yeah, it's like but now, wild. not only that, I don't want to see my like, I don't want to see the best pitchers in the league getting hurt running the bases or something. Well, that's that's the argument I think I make for it is like I think David Price had like his first postseason at bat during this World Series, or they said they uh-huh. said something that was like the first. I think it was his first postseason at bat because like he'd only pitched in AL games or as a reliever when he was on the Rays because he hadn't pitched. Uh-huh. Um, and I was just thinking, like, how awful would it be if in the postseason, like, in that situation, David Price gets, like, hit and, like, his arm gets hurt and you lose a star pitcher in the World Series because of a stupid rule that the hitter, the pitcher has to hit. It's dumb. Yeah, it's just dumb, dude. I, I think that I I used to be, like, traditionalist about this. Like, this is an argument I used to be, like, yeah, no, we got to keep the leagues different. And now I have flipped the tables on it after watching pathetic AL swings by pitchers in the postseason. But, yeah, well, here's the other thing, too. Either make the DH in both leagues or make it in no leagues because AL pitchers don't try to – they don't try to hit. They're never going to – they might take batting practice before an interleague game, but they don't give a fuck. Yeah. And I'm sure the teams tell them, don't worry about it. If you can't hit, we don't care. And NL pitchers barely try. So, like, wh- why am I wasting my time watching, like, a pitcher hit? Or just have the fucking NL teams just have eight people in their lineup and remove the pitcher. Like, I, I-, I just think watching a pitcher hit is, is the worst. It is It is pretty terrible. It's, it's, it sucks. Yeah. So, all right. Well, and not only that, now you have teams. I mean, obviously, this plays to the strategic aspect which is one of the big arguments for um, not putting it in both leagues. But um, now you're removing some of the best pitchers in the league in the fifth, sixth inning because they're coming up to hit and you need to take a lead or something. Oh, yeah, that happens. I mean, that happens constantly, and it's ridiculous. That's annoying. I want to watch the best players do what they do best. Yeah, they were talking about that in in game, uh, was it five? Yeah, the Red Sox won a five. Yeah. Uh, when Kershaw was pitching, because he pitched like relatively well, he gave up some homers and he lost, but like he was pitching well, 
and uh-huh. they had also like had that really long game so they were they were talk they kept talking about like oh man like you know the most you can get out of your starters here is the better because like both these bullpens are taxed and Kershaw was coming like they're like well Kershaw is going to be a question here for Dave Roberts because coming up in the fifth like does he leave in his ace or does he bring a bat in to try and score some runs and like that strategy is infuriating especially when it's Clayton Kershaw and it's like yeah I want to watch Clayton Kershaw pitch in the fucking playoffs yeah nobody wants to have like Jacques Peterson come in and pinch it and then see like all of the Dodgers minutiae of bullpen guys like these guys that no one cares about yeah yeah so agreed yeah that was like one that i i was keenly aware of because the ben and thing actually kyle texted me he was like dude yeah he is, texted me about it too he's like, this is a disgrace <laughs> it's like yeah yeah and he's a he's a fan of the nl like a, of an nl team yeah and he uh, yeah so i i have changed my opinion i believe that the dh should be made universal or something you should give because it's just not it's not a good for the brand of baseball to watch pitchers hit or potentially get injured was- yeah, I'm also tired of the bullshit argument that like NL baseball is real baseball because they have a DH. They don't have a DH. It's like, watch or yeah, because they don't have a DH. Sorry. Um, like okay, yeah, maybe there's a different type of strategy involved, but also look at the talent level in the AL versus the NL. Oh yeah. Like the AL blows. That's why you got guys like Roy Halladay. Roy Halladay was a good pitcher in the American League. He goes to the NL. Not in the prime of his career, and he becomes one of the best pitchers in the league. Like, literally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was the best pitcher in the league, at least one of those years. Um, it, it, and you see it happen time and time again. Max Scherzer, he was a good pitcher with the the, the Tigers. Yeah, and then he, he goes to the Nationals. Yeah, and, he, and he's consistently, um, like, one of the top two to three pitchers in the league. Um, yeah, and I, so, I mean, it, you know, you can have the argument that, like, yeah, Maybe there's more strategy involved, but there's just like a higher level of com- competition in the AL. Yeah, oh, definitely. And we've talked about that. Like, I know you and I, like, when a pitcher gets traded to an NL team in fantasy, you kind of want, or you want to like scoop that guy up because, like, wow, now he's he's gonna like his numbers are gonna get a nice bump. Like, it's a known yeah. thing, and it's not like it doesn't take experts to look at it and like think it's like not hard to make that distinction. It's dumb. Yeah, like Roy Roy Halladay's career number. He was he had a three four three ERA in his AL years. And then, I mean, his, his last two years with the Phillies are like, you know, he was old and, and his arm was hurt. Off cause he pitched yeah. Like so it's kind of hard to take those into account. Um, but even with those, he had a 3.25. And if you remove his last season, which was like not even a full season, it's a 2.91. And I mean, he wasn't young. He was 33, 34, 35, 36. And he was winning Cy Young's throwing no hitters. Like it, it's undeniable that, good players in the AL can go to the NL and be great players or maybe pitcher specific. Yeah. Well, I was reading an article. I texted you, I know the other day about, um, so the Indians are putting Kluber Carrasco and some of their veterans on the trade block cause they have payroll issues. Uh huh. Um, and I was texting one of my other buddies about like, if Kluber goes to the NL, Oh, he's, he's going to have a zero ERA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause like he's been ridiculous in the AL. And I would argue, I think he probably has better stats. Well, not as long, but like better stats in the AL than Holiday had in the AL. Um, probably. I don't think he's ever had a year. Like, Holiday had some stinkers. Yeah, Kluber's, like, since he was a late bloomer because he got caught up late, but he's been pretty dominant ever since. Um, cause yeah, I, he's had a weird career. Uh, this year, like, everyone thought it was like a down year for Corey Kluber, and I still think he had a sub-3 ERA. 
Actually, Kluber's been pretty good. I mean, he did bloom. Well, he was a late bloomer, but he's been pretty consistently good since 2013 when he was 27. That's when he kind of broke out. Yeah. Yeah, he has a 2.96 career or since he pitched like his first full season. So, so Corey Kluber comes to the NL, and Corey Kluber is easily going to like possibly have like a sub two ERA. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Well, we can talk. I want to talk a little bit more about that, but I, I want to shift to another playoff thing that was like hotly discussed. And also, one of your fantasy dudes was like the front runner of discussing foreign substances because Trevor Bauer is just like the the great aggravator of social media in the baseball <laughs> realm. And he and Alex Bregman just tweeting at each other. Good, good, good showmanship. Yeah. But uh, so I I feel the same way about foreign substances that I feel about pretty much everything that people get hung up on is that like everybody is doing it allegedly Mm -hmm. even like players like come out and say like yeah everyone on our team does this so it's not really an advantage it's just a thing that everyone's doing so i don't but here's the thing here's my thing if it's a thing everybody's doing then make it legal and if it's not legal then you need to catch the people who are who are blatantly doing it yeah and for example craig kimbrell is the most blatant example of somebody using a foreign substance yeah. well, in the history Pretty of... obviously did in the one game, too. Yeah, but Kimbrel always does. Yeah. And it's like, do. I mean, if you Kershaw's just Google... Kershaw has If you just Google Ke- Craig Kimbrel, the first picture, that's what his hat always looks like. Yeah. What the fuck is all over his hand? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to be there. It's and they had some stuff... He had it... Uh, I think he had it, like, on his arm or something, too. Like, a shiny substance on his arm. Like, it, it's just... I've never seen anyone more blatantly, consistently do it. He always looks like that, oh, yeah. and nobody's ever called well, him on it. If I was Kershaw, a manager, you just say, like, dude, look. Kershaw has it on his hat always. He has, it, like, a little white spot on well, his hat. He touches on Yeah, the hat thing is a little bit different, I think, because, like, it could be, um, like, the rosin It could be. Bag. Like, he touches it before throwing curveballs all the time, so it seems a little Yeah. Strange. Yeah, I mean. But... The thing is, like, if everybody's doing it, I agree. It needs to either be like, okay, this is not an illegal thing. Like, you can make the ball spin by doing this. Especially because, like, this is not a new thing. This is something that goes back to, like, the dead ball era of talking about spitballs and stuff. So, like, Trevor Bauer just, like, whining about it all the time put a huge spotlight on it for everybody. Um, And I think it's something that probably should be discussed of, like, are we going to crack down on this or are we going to like just say, yeah, we accept that this is part of the game of baseball in 2018. Yeah. I mean, I don't care so much either way. I just want them to get Kimbrel cause he always fucking has it. <laughs> just, it looks care. like he loads up his hat before he walks onto the field and everybody's just like, Hey Craig, how's it going? Oh yeah. He definitely does. I, I, yeah. I again, as a Red Sox fan, biased beyond all get out he definitely does it every game and it's yeah like, and i also understand like maybe teams don't want to call people on it because they know their pitchers are doing it too and they don't want to like um you know draw attention to it on their own well yeah because once, side, you, once you, know? you do it's become it's out of like the cat's out of the bag and then it becomes like you know when you but when it's you, like everybody shit on Pineda for doing it yeah and and it's like doing it yeah, well, not only is everybody doing it, but there are players doing it far more blatantly than he did. He did. Oh yeah, <laughs> and definitely. his was pretty blatant. Definitely. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was just one of those things that I, I thought was, like, funny that they kept bringing up. Because, like, you know, also Joe Buck never lets anything go. Like, there's, like, mm-hmm. a thing to talk about, and he just keeps talking about it for the rest of that game. Um, yeah. And so I was, like, I not, I tired of hearing about foreign substances. Because I don't know yeah. if you watched the game where Bauer actually came on as an analyst, too. No, I didn't. Yeah, he was an analyst. The one. He, dude, he's super smart. Listening to him talk yeah. about baseball. I mean, that's what they say. Listening to him talk about baseball is fantastic, even though I hate him. But it's it's one of those things. Like, either fucking crack down on it or don't and make it legal. And baseball seems to have a lot of that kind of shit, which is a little bit frustrating, more so than other sports. Oh, yeah. Cause, well, because I think the problem is baseball masquerades around as a gentleman's game where nobody's cheating and, like, tries to keep this image of that. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the steroid explosion was very obvious that people were using it for probably 20 years prior to anybody caring about it yeah well yeah well yeah (laughs) so it's it's just another thing to add to the list of baseball's kind of unwritten agreements is like this is technically not legal but everyone does it it's another one it's just another one yeah but i I just think that's bullshit because now we're at the point where like yeah you can get away with that shit in the 60s or the 70s, or the 80s, or even the 90s. But now, like, everything's super fucking HD. We have behind-the-scenes look at everything. We have, um, you know, like, replays and replays and replays. And, and you can actually it's just... see Chris Sale's fingertips when he holds a baseball. Because yeah, yeah, and it's just, like, like yeah. super slow motion and stuff. And it's like, all right, well, now, like, I get that you guys want to be this thing, but either make the rules or, or don't. Yeah, you know, enough of this like gray area. It's very annoying. No, agreed, hundred percent. It was like one of those things that I just I got so tired of hearing about. I was like, this just needs to be like done. Like somebody make a ruling on it and then like follow through. Yeah, but um, so back to uh, Kluber. So with the off season upon us, the only thing we have to look forward to besides spring training is trades and signings. Um, yeah. In my <laughs> opinion, this is my opinion but i also feel like this is like should be shared by anyone that lives in philadelphia and follows the phillies if the philadelphia phillies don't try to sign manny machado bryce harper and trade for Corey kluber if he's available there's <laughs> no point in them being a franchise because they have all the money in the world to spend they have a million prospects. they should definitely go after two out of those three yeah and if they don't honestly if i'm a fan and they don't do that i wouldn't be a fan of that franchise anymore they yeah you gotta make a push dude they have like their payroll next year is like eight million total <laughs> like legitimately like they have I, I think it's like actually 22 because of uh, carlos santana's contract i yeah that was a dumb signing and like if you don't try to get two three all three like you got to make a push for those guys and they said in their postseason wrap that the phillies aren't going to make any splashes and i was like if you're a fan of the phillies and that is what they do with unlimited payroll pretty much and yeah. a farm system that gets like the number one or two ranking on every list, and Corey Kluber's made available for trade, and two of like the youngest players at their age ever to do what they do, it's just disgraceful. Yeah, that's how you speed up a rebuild. Like you know, you're just dooming your your franchise to years, years, years of more either piss poor play or mediocrity, which is no good for a fan base, really. And yeah, like they have some good players, so it's like if you were to put, so say they, they, yeah, they have a good. They have the problem is they have all depth players and and like um, 
just sort of role players. Yeah. They don't have a guy. No one on their team comes to the plate, and you're like, oh, no, not him. Yeah. Like, Reese Hoskins is pretty good, but you're not going to be like, oh, God, we got to pitch around Reese Hoskins. But like, if Harper or Machado are behind Hoskins, Hoskins probably gets a lot more dangerous. Because that's a yes, guy, like, he's yes, a yes, perfect yes. guy for that. Yeah. Like, he's a power hitter, but, like, he's not in, his, in and of himself a threat to, like, change a game with one swing of the bat. I also think they need to move on from Franco. Yeah. Well, as, I, think I think Franco's a garbage player i think the way that it needs to shake out like i honestly so i was like looking through this because obviously now that the uh the season's over everyone's talking manny machado bryce harper landing spots mm-hmm. there's not a lot of teams that like they really make sense on because a lot of the good teams that have money have either already have a shortstop or third baseman that's like considered top five top ten and like usually like the yankees have a great outfield the red sox have a great outfield like, I don't Yeah, know. but the Yankees could do a couple of things. Well, a, I think the Yankees are going to go after Machado because uh, Didi's having Tommy John. Yeah, we talked about that when that he's going to miss it. Yeah, he's going to miss a chunk of the season. Um, so I think they'll at least give Machado a chance to sign there, make an offer or something. Um, and I just think you never know with the Yankees. More so than the Red Sox. The Yankees are a wild card because they'll do, they'll do whatever. And they'll just make it work. Like well, they'll Dave just Dombrowski, say, "You're you're here I think now." Dave Dombrowski's pretty wild, but uh, but I feel like they did everything that everybody expected them to do last year. Like everybody knew J.D. Martinez was going to end up there. Yeah, it just took forever. Yeah, but yeah, but like I, nobody really expected the Yankees to get Stanton until like the day it happened. Oh yeah. So other so, than the Yankees, as like the they could very much just throw money at either one of those guys and make something crazy happen or like make a trade happen for a pitcher or something and then sign one you know they could do they could do that and they uh-huh. might honestly i think i like narrowing it down i don't think the dodgers are going to re-sign machado they have no reason to and also he kind of left a sour taste with his stupid hustle comments during the world series yeah um yeah. and i don't think they may, like the dodgers probably aren't going after harper the Cubs, no. the Cubs announced that they have to like possibly shed payroll because they got themselves up against the luxury tax and don't want to hit it. Yeah, and they yeah, uh, so they're gonna sell some people off. They said probably. the Indians are up against payroll and don't want to pay the luxury tax because they're trying to sell. So realistically, like the spots. Yeah, that- but I feel like there's teams you can't maybe that don't seem like they would be in on it, but you can't count out like. I feel like the Mets always kind of make weird big signings. The Mets um, are a team that I think. So these are, this is a short list. I got the Mets. The Giants, because they have a lot of flexibility right now. Uh-huh. Uh, the Brewers. Yeah, well. Because they got really close this year with a kind of out-of-nowhere push. Yeah. Um, the Cardinals, because they always always are in on everyone. Um, and then the Phillies, realistically, unless the Nationals go after both of them and try to just double down. I don't think they'll go after both of them, but I think they'll make a real push for Harper to keep to stay him. Yeah. I can yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. I think that Harper most realistically stays in Washington. I kind of have that feeling too, um, but you're right. I mean, like even just on the MLB page of ESPN, it's like uh, Giants could go all in on Bryce Harper. Last winter, Giants made a play for Stanton. Now they yeah, might they be the perfect landing Stanton, spot yeah. for for Harper and that's true and and he would be a perfect bat for their lineup because he's kind of a guy that they've missed they haven't had in since, a while since Barry Bonds yeah yeah I mean I, yeah realistically 
Um, yeah, even yeah, when they were winning all those those World Series titles, like they didn't really have like a big bat like that. But those are the teams that I think are close enough to contention and have some flexibility that could actually do it. Because everyone else, either they'd have to move a lot of pieces or they're like so far from contention. And the Mets really don't even make sense either for either guy. Yeah, but I feel like the Mets just like to throw money around it. Weird they, they, signings. They do. I mean, they have good young pitchers that if they keep everyone healthy and get some big bats, they still will all die and not be good. But they... What about the Angels? The Angels are still strapped with the pools. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know, I know. But how great would it be if they threw Harper, Trout, and Trout Harper in the same outfield? Yeah, yeah. What about someone like the Rockies? I don't think the Rockies have the money to make it happen, but I don't think the Rockies have the money to make it happen. But can you imagine Bryce Harper's power? Coors Field. Field. I know he would probably shatter Barry Bonds' single season record, <laughs> and like legitimately, because that tool has not gone away even in the years where his batting average dips. So like, yeah, I mean, he hit a bunch of home runs this year. Yeah, I think that I, – I actually do think – I don't like Bryce Harper, and I think we've talked about that enough. I, I don't think he's as good as everyone thinks he is. But I do legitimately believe that if Bryce Harper lands in the right situation, that Bryce Harper could develop into being more like Mike Trout's stats. But isn't it kind of safe to say that the the Nationals for a lot of these years have been the right situation? They've had some good lineups. They have, but they also they've been plagued by injuries almost every season, though. Yeah, you're they right. They haven't had a complete like the lineup. The like because Rendon was hurt for parts of the last couple seasons. Uh, Trey Turner broke his wrist when he was like breaking out his first like full season. Um, Ryan Zimmerman's on and off the DL. Harper's been on and off the DL. Like they yeah. they're never really at full strength in the time he's been there, and I I I just don't know. I don't, I don't know what the deal is with him because, like, obviously from that one year where he just destroyed everybody, the capacity is there. Yeah. Um, I think if he landed in Yankee Stadium, he also would hit, like, 50 home runs consistently as a lefty with that short right field porch. Uh-huh. Like, he could just go all I mean, in on just, like, trying to loft fly balls and just become only a power hitter and be Yeah, really his numbers would be pretty gross at Yankee Stadium, I think. And if they somehow managed to keep him and Stanton and Judge, it would be just unbelievable they would shatter the home runs they hit this year yeah probably yeah i can't yeah they i mean the yankees are already in good position to continue to do what they're doing i think they need one more pitcher yeah that well i think they'll go after corbin corbin uh i would honestly dude how wild would it be and how not surprised you'd be if they tried to do something with kluber though um they would have to give up some of those prospects that have been untouchable but i could see them just going for it yeah, I don't think they would. You think that Justice Sheffield is a no, a no touch? Yeah, I think because now like guys like Glaber are in the MLB, so I mean I wouldn't really consider him a prospect anymore because he's kind of played a full season. But imagine um, a world in which they give up Andahar, and they would give up Andahar and like one other piece to try to get Kluber away, and then sign Machado, and then just like make it work. Oh, and they have the uh, twenty fourteen or the twenty. 17 all-star team on there yeah <laughs> just like judge stanton machado kluber <laughs> yeah why not yeah i mean yeah I, I don't i i've learned as a yankee fan to never count out any possibilities with the yankees so i don't know what the fuck they're gonna do and i don't really i, I don't think anybody does yeah i don't even think they do i think they just kind of make it happen <laughs> i'm excited for it all to start like yeah, me too. Because it also too. happens like around Christmas, usually all the stuff picks up. Yeah. 
So the winter meetings and stuff. It's the best. It's my Christmas. Yeah. Um. All right. Do you want to do the final Womack? The, the final one. We didn't do. We we had so many ideas with Womack this year, and it's no time. No time. Yeah. It just it ends up being a lot. <laughs> but uh, I I got you, a good. I want to. Well, I wanted to do a quick um shout out Womack. It's not a, a Womack in the traditional sense, but um. Let me pull it up here. Willie McCovey passed away. I saw um, Willie McCovey passed away. So I just wanted to say real quick, Willie McCovey has won 62-game average, 33 home runs, 97 RBIs, and a 270 average, which is pretty great. That gets um, you in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, his best year was 1969. He hit 45 home runs, 126 RBIs, and he batted 320. And he also led the league in... Uh, in home runs, RBIs, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, and OPS+. Plus. And will it forever be talked As about, well as intentional walks. Forever will be talked about in San Francisco because the place in right field where home runs land a lot is called McCovey Cove. McCovey Cove, which yes. Is a fantastic legacy. Great player. Uh, yeah, it's always sad when... Because he wasn't super old, was he? Oh, no, I think he was. I think he was like 80-something. He was. Let me see. Oh yeah, he was born in '38, so I can't do math. Um. Yeah, he was like what? Eighty. Yeah, eighty. Eighty. He was eighty. Yep. But. Um. Yeah, all right. Then my Womack. Thank you. My Womack is um outfielder Reggie Sanders. Do you remember Reggie Sanders? Dude, I think we Reggie Sanders already. Did we? No, I don't think so. I'm pretty I sure think... I threw, hold on. Yeah, dude, I'm pretty sure I threw out Reggie Sanders earlier in the season. I don't think so. I'm confident because I'm looking at his picture and, I, and it was purple on my Google search. Yeah, but that means you could have just... Uh... All right, I'll switch it up real quick then. Well, you, while my... you switch it up, I have Rob I Barajas. already got it. I already switched it up. Rob Barajas? <laughs> That's a good one. We'll go in, he go... just like retired recently though, didn't he? Uh... 12, which is six years ago. Oh, wow. That was a while ago. Well, go with yours, and we'll go into bras after. Carl Everett. Ah, oh, Carl Everett. Yep. Carl Everett. Carl Everett. In our family. He batted. Huh? In our family, he's most known for breaking up Mike Messina's. Mike Messina's fucking, yeah. I think it was a perfect game. I think you're right. I think it was a perfect game. With two outs. I think it was two outs in the ninth, yeah. Carl Everett, he played from 93 to 2006. He played with the Marlins. The Mets, Houston, Boston, Texas, White Sox, Expos, White Sox, Seattle. His 162-game average was 23 home runs, 91 RBIs, and a 271 average. His best year was 2000. I think the year he broke up the no-hitter was 2001. No, it was 01, I think. Yeah. But uh, 2000, he batted 300 with 34 home runs and 108 RBIs on the Red Sox, which is pretty damn good. And he made the And a 373 on-base percentage. That's a really good year. Yeah, he was like a good, uh, like consistently good role player outfielder, and then had a couple like obviously yeah. season and the one right. Dude, two seventy one, twenty three, ninety one is good. Also, twelve stolen bases to boot. Yeah, I'll take it. That year in two thousand, he had, oh, he had eleven, but the year before he had twenty seven. Carl Everett was a solid player. He was a solid dude. Yeah. All right, so Rob Barajas. Rob Barajas, catcher. Um, I remember him playing for the Rangers. But he played yeah, for the Diamondbacks, too. the Rangers, the Phillies for like half a season, the Blue Jays, the Mets, the Dodgers, and then finally in 2012, the Pirates. He was not very good. His 162 game average was 235, 
20 homers, 70 RBIs, but that's also because he, like, really never played more than, like, I think his highest is 125 games in a season. Yeah. Uh, he was, like, your utility catcher. But in 05 for the Rangers, he batted 254 with 21 homers and 60 RBIs, which was That's a like, good year. That's a good year for a catcher. And that was it. Yeah, 120 games. Solid, solid year. Yeah. But Rob Rahas, not Brahas. bad. Yes. He was a random, random name that popped into my head the other day. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that about does it for us, people. Thanks for uh, people who listened for joining us all season. Yeah, joining us and uh, listening to us talk about baseball, sometimes incoherently and in circles uh-huh. at times. But, uh, yeah, have a good off season and remember to lay off the high cheese. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.